0: Hello, I'm Nancy, and this is Nancy Knows Nothing. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode because I am joined by Erin Foster. I'm just as surprised as you are that she agreed to come on, but I'm so excited she did. I, no shade to my previous guests, but I was so nervous for this one and I was like kicking my mom and the dog out of the house like no, I need no sounds and I was a disaster but she was so cool and chill and calm and I feel like we're good friends now. She might not agree but anyway, we got pretty deep. We talk a lot about the pressures of getting older and how we have a tendency to set these goals for where we'll be at certain ages and those obviously don't necessarily come true. We also talk about dating and the stress of finding your person, but how to also just be happy on your own. I think it's a really good episode, and just when I thought I couldn't be more obsessed with her, I'm like, it's out of control. She is the kindest, smartest, prettiest, wisest person in the world, and I really think I want her to be my therapist. I think she's a lot going on, but I think it could be beneficial for maybe not both of us, but for me at least. Um... So I hope you enjoy it, and let me know what you think. Yep, just me and my friend Aaron. I'd like to welcome Erin Foster to my podcast. That's me. Um, even though I don't think you need an introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a writer, producer, actress. Yeah. Co-head of Creative of Bumble. Is that the exact title?
1: Yeah, we're sort of like switching out of that official role because... Turns out there's like actually a person in Austin at their offices that actually has that job, and ours was sort of <laughs> a <laughs> title that we all came up with and then realized that, like, you know, someone really has that title. So right. we're advisors to Bumble. Perfect.
0: Um, and I was gonna say, fashion designer.
1: I have my
0: favorite job. Yes. I want the, I love um, that. That's so
1: cool. those jeans.
0: I was saying um, it would have been a little more like sweet if my mom had given it to me, but you know, ordered it myself. And that
1: you have me. other sisters? Yeah, so I
0: have one. I have four brothers, I have one sister. And then this is the funniest part I was like setting this up and that is a portrait of my sister.
1: Oh chic.
0: And I would show you mine but it doesn't exist.
1: Oh that's sad. Okay so there's a favorite but. But
0: it's fine. Welcome to Nancy Knows Nothing. I'll give you like a little background. So I after I graduated college lived in New York, worked in like media and advertising.
1: Where did you go to college?
0: Uh, Fairfield in Connecticut. Okay. Um, and then I described it as like a process of lim- elimination, like each job. I was like, wait, this is not it. And then I go to another job and be like, nope, not for me. Mm-hmm. So about two years ago, I was like, I think I want to get my master's in journalism. Hmm.
1: How old are you? If I can ask I'm 29 mm, ugh, to be 29. Okay. Go on. It doesn't feel that way though. You know? I know, well, honestly, I actually think that I wouldn't want to be 29 again, but I'd want to be like 30 again. You know, once you hit your thirties, things get really good.
0: Yeah. So I came back. I was like, I think I want to like work on documentaries. I think I'm starting to understand what I want to do. And then obviously COVID hit and mm-hmm. all my plans. So at home, jobless, relationshipless. Mm-hmm. I mean, I- do you at I- home I- with your parents? Yeah. And they're great. And like, I realized how lucky I am for that. But my goal is to just like interview people I admire, admire get like advice and mm-hmm. kind of like feel productive during this time in my life. So that's why I really wanted to have you on, and you were very nice enough to come on. Of course. Um, and so where I wanted to start with, as I heard you say on a different podcast that you wish there was a decade between your 20s and your 30s.
1: And having mm-hmm. turned 29, it was a rough birthday. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough birthday. I mean, all of them start, you know, I think that, like, unfortunately, we tend to look at birthdays as a marker of where we thought we were going to be at that age. Right. And we all have these like ideas of what 30 is going to look like because it feels like the adult age.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you I always thought about all the things that I wouldn't be doing anymore by the time I turned 30. And I'd be self-sufficient financially and I'd be, you know, getting married and I wouldn't be hungover on Sunday mornings and I'd be proud of all my decisions and I just feel like settled. -hmm. And that didn't happen. When I turned 30, I had just gone through like a horrendous breakup with someone who was like a complete sociopath and had really like fucked with my head and really confused me and like my ability to spot a sociopath. And I thought I would be surrounding myself with better people and making better decisions and having better instincts and being more settled. And it felt really scary. Mm -hmm. The truth is, is that if you were to take the number away, like for me, at least 30 was like my starting point. It was like a great beginning of starting to understand myself and starting to see what felt right. The twenties were all about the mistakes.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then the thirties were starting to stop the mistakes, but it's not like you figured it out. It's like, you're starting to say, oh, I like this thing about myself, or I can let this thing go, or I'm willing to walk away from something bad, but you're not like done with it. I still made bad decisions, 30, 31, 32, but like they're shorter. Mm -hmm. You walk away faster. You learn to say no to something. You gain five pounds and you don't like, it doesn't ruin your month. You know, you you, like, you can laugh about about it a little bit. It's not like a perfect science and I think that birthdays are this like finite thing that we put pressure on ourselves about Mm -hmm. and I just had a birthday and it was my 38th birthday which I'm sure to you sounds like 55 and honestly it feels like 55 when you're turning 38 because I still think I'm like 24 and I was So upset about having a birthday, and like, my husband loves his birthday, and his birthday is two days after mine, Mm. and so he wants me to love my birthday, and he planned this like staycation at this hotel, and he brought me there, and he was like, you know, don't you love the room? Don't you love the place? And why aren't you happy? And why aren't you happy? And why aren't you having more fun? And And I was like, I started literally hysterically crying. I was, was like on day one of my period, which is like the worst and I hysterically cried and screamed at him and was like, stop needing me to love my fucking birthday. I don't like it. I'm upset. And I thought I'd be pregnant by now. And I'm not. And I, and I just like found every reason to be sad about it. And, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until this friend of mine was like, you know, you just had like the best year of your life. Like you got married this year. You got engaged this year. You like moved into a house with your husband. Like you should be so excited at the year that you had. But I, I forgot all of that. I literally forgot that I had just had the best year of my life where I had just got married and just, I got engaged and married in the same year. Right. And like all the things that, I mean, a lot of the things that I had wanted had happened. And I honestly didn't even like look at my birthday that way. I only focused on that one thing that right. I didn't have because I want to be a mom and it hasn't right. happened yet. And I think that's just like human nature. I mean, it's not everyone's human nature, but it is mine to skew negative mm-hmm. and it, it's just bad for your mind.
0: Yeah. And I always think it's crazy. Like it's one day that you're, you know, nothing really changes. Mm -hmm. but I'm the same way like I don't like my birthday and then I know it sounds silly but 29 felt like oh my god Oh, I
1: get that it's a real age yeah and
0: I was like oh like when I was 20 I bet I'm I'd be like really in a great career I'd probably like having my second kid
1: yeah I think it's important to I think it's important to have these conversations and for other women to hear us have that conversation and admit that and even like me telling you I had a really hard time on my 38th birthday when I started getting better at 30 and happier, and I have so many of the things I want. And it's still hard. Like it's hard to be happy. (laughs) It just is.
2: Right. I don't
1: know. Even when you have all the things you want, it's easy to focus on that one thing. And and it's part of being ambitious is always striving for the next thing, Mm -hmm. which makes it challenging to enjoy the things that happen that are good. Right. And we always have to keep reminding ourselves you know, everyone's always like gratitude, gratitude. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to like be grateful. And obviously we, you know, so many of us, we have so many things to be grateful for, but it's sort of part of that. The part of your personality that pushes you to work hard is also the part of your personality that knows you could be doing more. Right. So it's kind of a double-edged sword.
0: Yeah. And I want to like ask you about like for your career, because I've heard you say, you know, doing the acting thing. And then you said once you started to focus on comedy and it was around the same time that you stopped really caring what people think and moved towards that, that you started to like really find your stride. Just because I relate to that. I mean, I'm interested in comedy and comedy writing, but, and I'm starting to put stuff out there more now, but I think of how like much I was like, oh, what if people think it's stupid? Or like, you know, Mm -hmm. how much that holds you
1: back and you're just like, who cares? Yeah, I think that, you know, the dangerous thing to do in comedy and in life as a person is to see someone else like hitting their stride and then try to mimic what they did to hit their stride. Cause it doesn't translate for somebody else. It's very inauthentic. There's a lot of people online now. Everybody has a platform. Every single person can be a comedian if they want to, or a model or a director or whatever, photographer. And so everyone's like, oh, well, that, one's, that person's being really funny about this, so maybe I'll be funny about that. And that doesn't work. So for a long time, I um, suffered from getting embarrassed really easily and letting other people dictate what I should or shouldn't be talking about or should or shouldn't be making jokes about. And when I was younger, I would... Make some joke, or I would say something really self-deprecating. Just an example that I use sometimes is like, you know, I would very openly be like, "Oh well, I had a nose job, so you know, that's why my nose looks great." And somebody would be like, "Aaron, so why do you have to say that? Like, why are you like? It's so weird, and it makes people uncomfortable." And like, and I would get embarrassed. And then I finally got to that point where I was like, you know what? I don't have to say it's something that you like or you approve of. You don't have to tell people about your fucking nose job. Right. But I'm allowed to tell people about my nose job if I want to. Mm-hmm. For me, being self deprecating connects me to somebody. For mm-hmm. me, admitting fault or admitting flaws or admitting I'm going through a tough time or something I'm insecure about, it empowers me. Because for me, if like the things that I used to hide from, the things that I used to be so scared someone was going to find out about me. I used to hide from the fact that I grew up rich. Like, yeah, I grew up fortunate. And I used to be so scared that people weren't going to take me seriously. So I dyed my hair purple and I got an eyebrow ring and I was like, I'm edgy and I'm emo and I'm like gritty and real. And like, I'm not this like fake phony brat. Mm -hmm. I was so scared for people to find that out. Like I went to boarding school in Switzerland so that nobody would know where who my family was and judge me for it and not take me seriously. I was just so afraid of all these things that like it gives everybody else all this power over you Mm -hmm. because you make every decision based on how someone's gonna react to it. If they're gonna allow you to be that person. And so at some point in my later twenties. I started writing for Hello Giggles and I started writing this single girls guide and I would write about bad dates that I've been on and dating experiences and I started writing this blog totally confident and completely insecure and I would write about stuff that people usually my friends you know this is when like you didn't have Instagram or anything and like people looked at blogs and people were like oh my god I can't believe you just wrote about that you can't write about stuff like that That's too intimate and And I was like, guess what, everyone, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And if you don't like it, then don't read it. This feels authentic to me. I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm being real. I'm being myself. It's coming from like a sincere place. It's what is in my heart. I'm putting it out there and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't, but I have to see if being myself works Mm -hmm. instead of trying to be what you want me to be. And it did work. That encouraged me to continue being myself. And I think that that is such a cliche thing, like to be yourself. Cause I, when I was in my early twenties, I would like, I would go on a date and I would think like, okay, what, what's his vibe? Like, who should I be for him? Does he want me to be like intellectual, controversial? Does he want me to talk about books? Does he want me to be like, kind of, oh, you know, helpless damsel in distress because he really wants to be like the, the man in charge. Does he want me to be like strong and talk about like that I want to work hard? Like what does this person want from me? And I'll just like cater to that because all I really want is for him to like me back, even if I don't like him. It just doesn't even make sense.
0: I know, my sister recently, I was like going had a date and she was like, you know, you should think like, cause I was like nervous or something. She's like, you should be going in saying, I hope I like him. And I was like, oh, yes. I never thought
2: about that.
1: Yes, and sometimes we overcorrect because we're insecure. And then we go in and we're like, well, let me tell you who I am and you better be good enough for me. And like, maybe I'll call you. And maybe it's like, that's not authentic either. You kind of have to like come from a bit of a more neutral place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, also, I mean, dating is so hard. It's like the scariest thing in the entire world because you're literally like pitching yourself as a life partner? Am I good enough to spend the next 50 years of? Am I cute enough? Am I smart enough? Am I skinny enough for you? Am I blonde enough? Am I young enough? Like there's so many terrifying things that you kind of do have to like hype yourself up and just go into it feeling like you're interviewing them. They're not interviewing you.
0: Well, and I, one thing I wanted to ask you is, because I feel like there's conflicting thoughts on this, but Some people say if you want to date somebody new, it's really important you to find someone like you need to make that a priority and you need to work towards it. And it has to be top of mind. But then it's also I've heard like, don't focus so much on that. And it's kind of like when you let that go, that then it happens for you. Because like I have people who I know are so focused on it. I'm like, they must not be fun to go on a date with because they're just like...
1: Yeah, I I personally don't think it's something that you should be obsessing over Mm -hmm. because I think the only thing someone should be obsessing over is bettering themselves Mm -hmm. to be a great partner for somebody. And as we get into our 30s, I think a lot of women are so... they're not going to meet their person which is a totally legitimate fear Mm -hmm. but when you go into a date with too much pressure and the guy feels the pressure like just reverse it for one second because i know like guys are the worst we hate guys they're always like assholes they lie they ghost you all that shit and it's true guys suck for sure but Put, turn the tables around and think about a guy showing up on a date being like, well, I'm 32 and I really need to be married by the time I'm 33 and I'm already behind my plan. And so I just need to know right now, do you feel serious about me? Like, am I the kind of person you could see? It's like, whoa, that would terrify me. You would run. Nobody wants to be with someone who's like too all in, mm-hmm. you know? Like we feel that. We've been on dates with someone who's too into us or like okay. needs this to work. And it's like not hot. No. So I think... You can be really open to the idea saying yes to a date that maybe you're like, Oh, I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that guy's my guy, but I'm going to say yes, because what can one date do, right? You have drinks with someone, you spend 45 minutes and you leave. It's fine. But I don't think that you should make it your life's mission to find a husband. I don't have judgment around a woman whose sole goal in life is to get married. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: However, I don't think that you are serving your own needs by only focusing on a person instead of finding things in yourself that are gonna bring you happiness. You know, I just think you're limiting yourself that way because getting married and finding a partner, it really does bring like so much joy. Mm-hmm. But also a huge part of my joy in my relationship is knowing that we're both bringing a lot to the table right. and knowing that we both have things to talk about. If I was just like waiting for Simon to come home every day, I just wouldn't be bringing that much to the table and it would be putting too much pressure on him. Okay. Sorry. You're about to say something embarrassing. Oh yeah. Um, she, I told my friend,
2: I was
0: like, oh, Erin's coming on first. She was like, are you paying her to do this? I'm like, well, thank <laughs> you. Paying her to be." um and she was like you know you texted me I don't know like maybe it was after something you put up and you were like if somebody could just tell me that I would meet my Simon in in five years I would be so calm I was like it's true though
1: that's really cute listen I am not gonna lie I am really fucking lucky with Simon like it's it's not I don't know how many people exist like him in the world I don't know like I don't know if everybody finds that perfect person, but I know that one day before I met him or before I like, you know, went out with him and like saw each other like that way. Cause like I had met him at the gym, like we like saw each other across the room a bunch of times, but like the day before I realized Simon was my person, you know, that day, like what was my state of mind, you know? And I think my state of mind was, I really want that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but if it doesn't happen, what can I do? Right. I have to be happy anyway.
0: It's not the end of the world.
1: No. Like I always, you know, the thing that I used to always feel was, cause I met Simon when I was 35 years old. Like, just think about how far away from today that is for you. Right, right. <laughs> 30, like, if you feel at 29 kind of freaked out, like, trust me, I was pretty fucking freaked out at 31, <laughs> 32, 33, 34, 35. Like, it was really scary. And not only was I, like, not meeting my person, but I was meeting, like, bad people. I was dating terrible people who didn't value me, who weren't kind, who weren't honest who were not good partners, who didn't make me feel good, and I was staying with them. So I was more afraid of myself than the world. I was more afraid of my inability to really appreciate someone good. That's the scary thing for I think a lot of women is we get so trained and hooked into um, feeling bad in a relationship that we start to think if we ever feel good, we're gonna be really bored. Because with the wrong person, you do feel bored. Like, I've also gone out with people who are nice, and I'm like, uh, loser. I, like, don't want to hear anything you have to say.
2: Right, right. And
1: it makes you think that, like, a nice person is gonna be boring. No, but you're such a stereotype. Like, well, he was
0: nice, you know? And you're like, well, some people are nice and you don't like them,
1: you know? Yeah, like, that can be true, and it doesn't mean that that you didn't like them because they were nice. It just means that that wasn't your match. Right. And like, I wouldn't let that terrify you from thinking that like, you know, you have to either be passionate or feel safe Mm -hmm. and that those two things can't happen in the same person. I will say that they never have happened for me in the same person until today, you know, until Simon, but like, I can tell you that when I met Simon, he was 33, I was 35 and he was not interested in settling down, like at all. He was like going out, hanging out with like trash, not like <laughs> nobody that he would like marry. Right. And he definitely wasn't looking for a 35 year old. He was like a full ageist. He uh, randomly was at, I, we found out like later that he randomly was at a poker game like a home poker game, two years before we met each other. Mm-hmm. And he was seated next to a woman that I'm friends with. One of my best friends, this woman, Julie. And they got to know each other. And Julie goes, are you single? Because I have a girlfriend. And I think that you guys would really like each other. And he was like, oh, what's her deal? And she was like, she's 33. She's an actress. And he was like, I'm good. <laughs> and he passed on me. Oh, I would hold that over his head. like, all Yes, because at the time he was 31, I was 33, and he was like, no, I'm good on this like 33-year-old actress, it's, like the opposite of what I want. <laughs> so he wasn't in that place at all, but he, what he talked about, what stood out to him about me when we met each other was that I seemed happy. Oh. he's like, I didn't want to date a 35 year old woman, not because I'm like a horrible person, but right. all of the other 35 year old women I was around were all like panicking. Rightfully so, but still he felt it. Really? And he's like, I felt like when I was on a date with a girl in their thirties, I felt like if it's not me in this seat, it could be the next three guys. You just, they just need somebody to like lock it down with. And he didn't like that. It felt desperate. And it felt like he didn't really want to be the guy that was like part of the formula to just like make things work. And that he really felt for me like a genuine feeling of like, I'm good. And I wasn't saying it like, honey, I don't need you. It wasn't like I was trying too hard. I was just literally like, I do want to get married and have kids, but like, I don't know, it hasn't happened yet. So I got to be happy in the meantime. And like someone feels that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like, you know how when you try to make someone jealous, it doesn't work because they they can tell it's like fake. Yeah. You know when someone else is trying to make you jealous, you're like, oh, that's so bad. You're like trying to get my attention. And you like get dissed by some guy and you and your girlfriends are like driving in the car, like film me like laughing, you know? (laughs) Film me like singing the song, like I don't care. And like, he can tell you've like just been crying. (laughs) You know, it's like energetically, we all kind of feel where the other person is at. and so. Someone feels it when you are like, you love your work, you love your friends, you love like the glass of wine you have at the end of the night, you laugh with people, you enjoy your life, you're like you. You're building all the things out around yourself that bring you joy as much as you can. And that if somebody can like be a part of that, you would love it,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: you don't know when it's going to happen. Right. You know, like I used to think I don't care when it happens. If it, if it happens when I'm 41 and like the ship has sailed on having kids, like it's not ideal, but I just want to know it's going to happen.
0: Right. It's like you could like relax.
1: Yeah. Like just at some point, I don't, I've let, let go of when it's going to happen and maybe it isn't going to happen exactly how I wanted it to, but I just want to know that it's going to, and we don't control that. So it's like, you have to. There's no point in worrying about it. Yeah, I just think, I think as soon as I stopped obsessing over it, things got easier because you just naturally kind of start to like, enjoy your life a little bit more. And that's attractive. Yeah, it is.
0: What do you think people do wrong on the apps? I'll first admit what I do wrong. Okay, okay. Um... I, well, I'm not very consistent on it. I go on, I go through a batch, and I'm like, oh, this is what's out there. And then I'm, like, not back on it for a long time. And then I will, like, match with someone. Mm-hmm. And then before there's been any communication, maybe I send out, like, a one-liner. I'm, like, looking, doing maybe some light stalking, planning, you know, their last name. Of course. So kids' names.
1: And then it's like, they don't answer.
0: And I'm like, okay, well, I put all my eggs in that basket. Um, which is sound, it sounds crazy, but like, I know a lot of girls do that.
1: No, I think women do that. I think you get, you know, you always get excited at the idea of somebody. Mm -hmm. And I I think, I think it's normal. And I think that we kind of have to like be a little easier on ourselves and kind of lean into and embrace and laugh at ourselves. Like, If you don't hear back, you should laugh with your girlfriends and be like, "Okay, I kind of had started to picture like what our kids would look like and sort of like." That's like I'm mourning the loss of these kids that don't exist. Yes, like I think you just have to like lean into the to the lightness of it because, of course, we all do that, you know. And it's like you're not still thinking about the guy you didn't hear back from, right? your kids with 2 years ago like you don't care that he's married now to somebody else right no you know? and so i kind of think that like i ca- i believe that you can't do anything wrong with the right person and you can't do anything right with the wrong person mm,
2: that's so true.
1: like if you're ma- if you're a mismatch and you have anxiety and you have a pain in your stomach and it's hard to get a flow going and you don't even have the chemistry you thought you were going to have but you like the idea of the person and I've never felt it was the right fit, like truly in my heart. I've been I've lied to myself and said, like, no, 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 we should be together. Right. And I've lied to myself and been like, no, 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 I I do, I do really like this person. And I've and I've lied to myself about thinking that I made sense with someone, but the truth is it didn't really feel right. You kind of know the difference. They someone said once that choosing the person that you marry is the most important decision you'll ever make. And it should be the easiest one. Oh. And I kind of agree with that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it should be that hard to know. Speaking from someone who had it wrong for so long and has it right for myself now, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it doesn't even feel like it's the same set of feelings. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, I never thought I'd be able to walk away from like flirting, getting attention, getting hit on, knowing someone has a crush on me, you know, getting the phone call from your friend being like, uh, when you came by the table last night, that guy, Jason was like, who is that? Like that feeling of like, yes, I knew that guy was feeling me. Right. Even if I like them back. Just knowing. No,
0: that's, like, not, that's not uh, relevant.
1: Yeah. Just doesn't even, who gives a shit? He could be some loser you don't care about, but I'm like, still got it. Right. I, and I was like, I don't think I can ever give up that feeling. Like I wouldn't want guys to know I'm married or have a boyfriend. Cause what if it stops them from like giving me attention, but the feeling of being with someone who really knows you and like sees you and understands you and like digging in deeper on that relationship is so much more intense than that, like fleeting ego game you play with other people it's so much better right so like you kind of just want to get it right you don't want to really want to like convince your have to convince yourself Mm -hmm. what do you like what would be your opening line on Bumble? would you go with like something funny i would go with something funny and sarcastic Mm -hmm. like i mean today i would probably be like trump 2020 right (gasps) not like yes right I would just totally be like, I mean, how do we keep him in office office, on four years more? I would probably make some joke like that, um, I think. But again, it's like you have to be, you have to make a joke you would make, or you have to say something that you would say. Like, I think personally that so much of dating is like pretending Mm -hmm. and like trying to be cool from both sides, that it takes so long to like for anyone to put their guard down because it's so scary being vulnerable, especially on a dating app where someone's just like literally judging you on like what you look like and like what your life is that you're presenting to them. And you have all these stats listed, like age and job and like- (laughs) Height. Yeah, height. Like it's so, I mean, imagine for guys, like they're like, fuck, I have to put my on here. Oh my God, like kill me. And it's so hard because like, if you look at my relationship, Simon would not have- clicked on my dating profile because of my age because he was scared of women in their 30s or maybe because of my job he didn't want someone that was like a public figure like someone's right. like trying needs like to be in the spotlight or you know actresses right. in la are like pretty fucking brutal so <laughs> that idea is like terrifying right. someone who's like really vain and like a narcissist like he didn't want that mm-hmm. sadly he got it <laughs> um, but uh so that is scary so oh, what i was gonna say is that um I kind of think, like, acknowledging that elephant in the room of, like, I want to say hi, but I honestly can't think of anything clever to say right now, so please help me. Like, something right. neutralizes that energy of us just, like, faking it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. almost like undoing the, like, perfect opening line.
0: Yeah, and, like, just being yourself. Trying. Yeah,
1: I feel like I want to make a joke about X, Y, and Z in the picture, but I feel like Everyone's probably already made that joke before. So what's something original I can say to you? Or Mm -hmm. Also, I hate, I mean, this is more like, probably more like guys do this, but I feel like I remember when I was on dating apps that guys would always say like a line that put pressure on you. Like, give me your top three favorite movies. You're like, oh God, (laughs) don't like come in here and like put me on the spot. Like how rude.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: You know, those like weird, like, Give me two truths and a lie. Like yeah, I
0: don't. I I can't stand those. Yeah,
1: no. People like anything to take the pressure off. Also, something that my therapist, who I've been going to for a long time, used to say to me when I would come in and like, I I always thought the most, the most sad, devastating dates were not like the bad ones, but the ones where the the guy was like, honestly, like really sweet and wonderful and great, and I couldn't fucking stand him and never wanted to see him again because then you feel like (laughs) you're broken. Right. Those are always like the most devastating dates. It's like, oh, I'm literally so fucked that like I'll never appreciate a good person. Mm -hmm. I would be lucky to be with this person. He's so like kind and lovely and like obsessed with me. Mm
2: -hmm. And the
1: fact that I don't means that something's wrong with me. And she always would say like, don't overthink it. It's just not a match. And I promise you when it is a match, you'll know. things that he's doing are bothering you. It's just not your person. You
0: can't stand the way you choose on the first date. Yes. It's not going to last.
1: Yes. (laughs) if like salad dressing on like the inside of his lip makes you want to like cut his head off. (laughs) It's probably (laughs) just not your
0: husband. Not, Not going anywhere. Well, I mean... I know this might not be the highlight of your career, but it has been mine so far.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That makes me so happy. I mean, what easy I
0: mean, this podcast could take off and then you would be like an early adopter. Yeah,
1: seriously. I got in, or got onto the ground floor.
0: Um, But seriously, thank you so much. This was like, I was so excited. It was like. Really I'm so scary.
1: happy. It was so fun. I really liked, liked getting to know you.